peace be with you. Good to see you here this morning. I don't have uh, a lot of announcements today. Um, other than welcome and uh, let's get started. Uh, our opening hymn is on uh, page 543 and it is praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called an ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority alone, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. He is Christ, the Lamb who was slain whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who slain has begun 
the Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you are our support and defense in every need. Continue to preserve your church in safety. Govern her by your goodness and bless her with your peace. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading this morning is from Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 through 10, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1141. Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 through 10. The Sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. The Sovereign Lord has opened my ears. I have not been rebellious. I have not turned away. I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. Because the Sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, have I set my face like flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who then will bring charges against me? Let us face each other. Who is my accuser? Let him confront me. It is the sovereign Lord who helps me. Who will condemn me? We all wear out like a garment. The moths will eat them up. Who among you fears the Lord? and obeys the word of his servant. Let the one who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on their God. We will read Psalm 116, verses 1 through 9 responsibly. Please see page 5 of the bulletin. Psalm 116, verses 1 through 9, page 5. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. The third reading is from James, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, 
and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1883. James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Though they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider how a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All animals, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The gospel reading this morning is from St. Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 29, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1568. Glory to you, O Lord. St. Mark 9, 14 through 29. Mark records, when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them. And the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and they ran to greet him. What are you arguing about with them about, he asked. And the man in, a, in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son who was possessed by an evil spirit that has robbed him of speech. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, and he gnashes his teeth, and he becomes rigid. I asked your disciples, 
to drive out the Spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. And when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water in order to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes Immediately, the boy's father explained, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said. I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. And after Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. We have a loaded lectionary this morning. And I have a title for this sermon, the point that I hope you take away at the end of this, and you can judge whether or not I got us there or not. The title is this, it is dangerous, it is very dangerous to refuse forgiveness, okay? In Isaiah... The first reading this morning, we are 
privy to the prophet prophesying Israel's impending exile to Babylon. In fact, the, uh, the title uh, of that section is um, The Disobedience of Israel and the Servant who is obedient. And as we go through there, Isaiah is prophesying to them. He is encouraging them that though they will be turned over, that they will be liberated one day from their exile, and that they will experience repatriation into their homeland. You see, the exiles that they would become are punished because of their disobedience. However, he mentions to them that they are not going to be like a woman who has been irrevocably divorced by her husband. Throughout Scripture, we read that the equivalence of disobedience and sin is like that of a disobedient bride. And in those days, a husband could sign divorce papers and irrevocably divorce himself from his wife. His hands were clean as far as the law of the time was concerned. Now, I want to be very careful as I tiptoe around this because we, we talked about obedience and, and so forth before. Wives, be obedient to your husbands. Who is the bride of Christ? The church. The people. Men and women and children, those who believe are his bride. So in this case, he's saying to the people of Israel, you know it. You have been disobedient. You have been adulterous. You have cheated on your first love. And even though our righteous God has Every right by the law that Moses put down for them. And every right to divorce you. And never think about you again. Isaiah says, he's not going to do that to you. When he asks, where are your divorce papers? Well, they didn't have any. Likewise, he says, he is not like a father who sells his children into slavery to pay off his debt to his creditors. Boy, there's a, I'm sure glad that that isn't customary anymore. Debt. It was legal. Sell your children to your creditors, to pay off your debt. They're no longer yours. 
He's telling them, this isn't what God the Father is going to do to you. God is going to allow you to reap the bitter harvest that you have sown, sin. But he's going to redeem you. Imagine that. Man or woman being betrayed by the one you love. And yet you pursue them. Betrayed. I don't know, I'm not going to paint the picture in there, but we've all been betrayed. Think about that deep hurt that you've been betrayed. Feel it for a minute. And, 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 and remember how maybe you reacted to it. And yet, our Father's way is not that way. He pursued them. He longed for them. He never left them nor forsook them. And yet, the people didn't believe. Some did. We know that in 538, by the decree of Cyrus, who was the ruler of Babylon at that time, he released the captives. And do you know that some didn't leave? Some stayed. Even though the prophets had said, he'll come back, he will liberate you, he will restore you, he will give you back your land. So when Jesus says to the people, rebellious folks, how long shall he, he said, uh, you unbelieving generation. Do you remember that part in the gospel? How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? It's easy to read that and go, man, he is mad. Is that a threat? No. He's pointing back to Isaiah. He's pointing back to the promise. Because also in Isaiah, we read about a servant, the obedient servant, the one that is going to take the stripes. And by those stripes, you are healed. The one whose beard is going to be pulled out. The one who set his face like flint and resolutely went to Jerusalem after his mountaintop experience. And by the way, that's where we just came from as Jesus was coming down with his disciples from the mountaintop where <coughs> Peter and the boys wanted to build a, a house for God and Elijah and <laughs> Moses, right? So they came down from this mountaintop experience where God revealed his son once more to these guys. And they wanted to stay there, but Jesus came down off, this, off the mountaintop and he finds himself right in the middle of controversy. He, uh, he finds himself with people who are arguing, who are in despair, that have little faith, and no prayer. 
Why couldn't we get rid of this one? Well, I'm sorry, guys, but this one, you can only get rid of this one with prayer. You would think, man, these guys really should have had it. I mean, they've been, they've been hanging out with God. They should have really figured that out. He had people in there with their tongues wagging, and we're going to get into James for a little bit too, but you, know, you had the, the experts of the law arguing with them. Probably saying something about this boy is that his parents must have been son, son something really bad because God's punishing this child because of what the parents did. And Jesus brings him back one more time. He says, you lack faith. You lack the ability to pray. You are in unbelief. The father says, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. Help me in my doubt. Can you identify with that? I can. That's our nature. That's who we are in the flesh. We can't help but doubt sometimes. You have a child that's frothing at the mouth and throwing himself into a fire and into the water. You might even say, well, I must have done something really wrong. God's saying no. Jesus is saying no, it's not that. He's saying you need to believe. Well, is my kid going to stay sick because of, of my unbelief? No. No, it's, it's, that's, that, now we're going down that path of, of works. You know, if I'd only prayed harder. Maybe I didn't say it right. You know, maybe I beseeched the father and said, you know, my son is afflicted with this. Please take it away. And he doesn't sit there and go, ooh, close. Close, Ken. That prayer just didn't quite make it. If you just said, I don't know. You know, or if you'd just been on the ground prone. If you, if you hadn't missed so many days of church, That's not it. It isn't up to me and it isn't up to you whether or not we have success, what we call success, or healing, what we call healing. And and the Lord gave me and many of you firsthand experience with a child that is afflicted. And I walked down that way for a period. And it was a horrible, horrible burden to carry. I must have done something bad because I can tell you a lot of bad things I did. And, and you might just shake your head and right out there. But our God doesn't work that way even though we do. Our God doesn't work that way and Isaiah was saying it. Yeah, you've been a disobedient. You've been adulterous and you've been bad, 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 bad. But he's encouraging those sinners. He's giving them a gospel message there. You can't do it, but there's one that can. And by his stripes, you will be healed. By his punishment, you will be healed. By his sacrifice, you will be healed. He's foretelling them that. And I'm doing the same thing week after week after week. You are not, I am not worthy of the gift of life that he gave us. 
Isn't it interesting that there's nothing new under the sun? <laughs> right? Here's what, uh, what Isaiah is saying and what Jesus is saying in short. Yes, we are adulterous. Yes, we have lost our first love. Yes, we are sinful every moment of every day. Everything that is in us is sin except for Christ. So Isaiah is shouting, and excuse me for shouting because I'm going to do it right now. He's saying to you, and this is the great comfort that you cling on to today. He is saying, yes, you are all those terrible things, but I love you. And look what I have done through history, you people. And I'll do it again. I'm doing it again right now. He says, behold, sinners need not despair. Behold, their sins are atoned for. Behold, it is dangerous to refuse forgiveness. In a nutshell, God gave his only son to the world, to whosoever should believe. They should not perish, right? But they should have eternal life with him. Now, how do I get eternal life? Well, I'm looking out across all of you here, and I know you're all baptized believers, that you confess with your lips that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And in our liturgy, before we even got started with this, we confessed our sins, he already knew, but we confess, we repent, and then the beautiful thing that happens that he does for his son's sake is he forgives you all of your sins. And my job with this evil tongue that curses on one side and praises on the other is here to exhort you. He's got you covered. He's taken it for you. You can have peace. He's going to deliver you from your own personal battle line. He is going to restore you into your homeland. The land that you haven't even seen yet. This holy place that God dwells. He is ultimately going to bring you into his presence. And he is not going to say, wow, you know what? I see your tail is kind of smoking. It was pretty close, wasn't it? Huh? No, he's not going to do that. He is going to run out to you like that prodigal father who prodigally gave his love so lavishly to his son, he is going to run to you and he's going to scoop you up in his arms and he's going to say, oh, how I love you. How do I know that? Because he said it. How do I know that? 
because he sent his son to tell you that and to show you that, that that one servant does exist, that one who doesn't speak evil with his tongue. Jesus didn't speak any evil. I'd love to have heard what Jesus said when he hit his thumb with a hammer because he was a carpenter, right? That's probably blasphemous. He promised you in your baptism. He gave you the deposit of the Holy Spirit. He gave you his righteousness. You are clothed in it. All right, well, you know, I feel like I'm in Babylon right now. You know what? I do too. (laughs) And you know what? We are. This whole world is Babylon. This whole world, we are captives. However, do not let your hearts be troubled, my friends, because he's given you his forgiveness. He's given you his son. And we get to go home for those who believe. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, 
the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Please pray with me. Dear Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we stand before you again this Sunday in humble obedience and to praise your holy name. We give thanks to your Holy Spirit who reminds us that this is where we belong and where we're loved and protected, and to your Son, our Lord Jesus, who gave his earthly life to provide us an eternal life with you. We've been awed again recently by the power of our natural world that you have created, reminded of how little we control around us when confronted with earthquakes, volcanoes, fires, flooding, typhoons, and hurricanes. We're humbled by your power and are truly sorry when we fail to see your hand in what we call nature. Holy Spirit, we pray you would help us to respect our Father's will, take better care of his creation, and be mindful of whose world this really is. Thank you, Father, for the miracle of the incredible last-minute reduction of force of Hurricane Florence and directing its path into the least populated areas of the North Carolina coast. We also give thanks for reducing the force of the hurricane in the Pacific before it moved onto the islands of Hawaii. We often attribute such miracles to luck, as if it is something coincidental rather than an answer by you to our many prayers. We know you hear our prayers, and we know when your answer is yes to what we ask. Thank you, Holy Father, for saying yes to these prayers. Even so, we continue to pray for the people in the path of these storms. Lives have been lost, and many are threatened by flooding and the perils associated with high water. Please stretch out your hand to calm the weather to spare the lives of people threatened. Also, please protect those persons risking their lives to help and save others in peril. Though these storms are literally terrifying and destructive, we are thankful, Heavenly Father, for redirecting our daily thoughts, speeches, and actions from the evil of tearing each other down to efforts of working together as one to help each other. We continue to pray for our leaders in government at all levels and those who seek it. We've dug ourselves into a very deep hole in our society over the past 60 years, and we obviously haven't quit digging. Lord, save us from corruption, liars, self-absorbed and hateful people. Save us from those who would destroy our nation and its values from within or from the outside. Save us from ourselves. We've been ignorant, selfish, and arrogant, deciding that you have no place in our society and the resulting chaos is overtaking us. Please spare us from the lessons you laid upon the Israelites more than once described in Holy Scripture. For the sake of the few faithful, please spare the many. We know we ask for a miracle, but also know you provide whatever we ask in Jesus' name, if it's for our good and serves your purposes. Lord, we pray for safe travel for all, but especially for those fleeing from the hurricane on the East Coast. We also give thanks for keeping those safe who have returned to us from recent travels. Thank you, Lord, for all of our children, and we ask that you keep them all safe on their way to and from schools and while they're in school. 
Please help us keep anyone who would harm them, physically or mentally, far away from these fragile areas. We also pray for our teachers, instructors, and professors, that they would set the best example of wisdom and tolerance for their students as they pass along their expertise without polluting their subject matter with hateful personal opinion. We pray for divine frustration upon those who would twist the minds of our young and for the Holy Spirit to strengthen the faith of anyone who is facing persecution, ridicule, or bullying because of their faith in Jesus. Father, help us recognize and remove from or keep from attaining any position of authority that the false prophets of Islam in our country seek to use to further their goal of destroying our faith and freedoms. We thank you, Father, for Holy Scripture, your inspired and living word, written down for our understanding of you and what you expect of us. We know that you always have something new to reveal to us when we take the time to read your word, even if only briefly, each time we open the Bible. It's truly the most powerful book ever written, and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you provide constant encouragement to us to read what God Almighty has to say. We pray for our president, current and future members of Congress, our judges and all world leaders, allies and enemies alike, for wisdom, tolerance, deference, integrity, and rational behavior. Lord, please encircle our military forces in your omnipotent protective embrace and also protect our police, firefighters, and other first responders. We pray for all who suffer in this life that they would be comforted, healed, and made whole again. We give thanks for anyone who provides care to those in need, whatever that need may be. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers spoken aloud or kept deep in our hearts. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. May the peace of our Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace.
will you please stand? Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer our thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord on this day overcame death and the grave. And by his glorious resurrection, opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts in heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Oh. took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it giving it to his disciples saying take and eat this is my body given for you do this in remembrance of me and again after supper Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks and then he gave it to his disciples saying take and drink this is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim out loud Christ's death, his resurrection, and his triumphant, glorious coming again. Let us now pray the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, 
forever and ever. Amen. It's all about the cross. It's all about the work that was worked on that cross perfectly for Jesus. It's all about that. That, 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 that saves us from our tongue. That saves us from our doubt. That saves us from our rebellion. It is finished on that cross. He said so. And all he asks is that we receive. That we just receive. Come and believe. Come and eat what has been prepared for you. In a moment, our ushers will bring you forward. Have a seat and be prepared to come to the Lord's table.
Will you please rise? Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing hymn is The Old Rugged, <coughs> the old rugged Cross.